Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. It's good to be with you again. I, uh, I'm not sure which podcast number this is. Do you, do you remember? I don't know. Welcome to our 1,000th podcast. <laughs> uh, it's like 36 or 35 or 36, but we've, been, we've done enough that now the podcasts show up on my time hopper on Facebook. Yeah, because so, we've been doing yeah. them for a year. Yeah, so it's been it's been cool. And this is the first podcast I think we've ever done with one of the kids not in bed yet. Yeah. Yeah. Adelaide's in the kitchen. She just made herself a big bowl of salad. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of dressing do you have, Adelaide? Thousand She's rocking the Thousand Island. <laughs> it's got a little twist on it, though. It's Thousand Island with bacon. Ooh. I bought that tonight. Fancy. Yeah, so I cooked some steaks tonight and gashed my finger with a knife. Yes. It's got a giant bandage on it. But, um, but you know, I was telling you on all those cooking shows, there's always somebody that does that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've only got 30 minutes to make a gourmet meal, you well, know. Well, the steak, it was getting cold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, Thousand Island, have we already talked about my Thousand Island thing on this have we done we've we've done it right because we've talked about ranch dressing before yeah 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 so y'all know that i think uh, ranch dressing um i don't put that on my actually i've gotten slack it's so good don't you love ranch dressing it's good Gosh, you it's can't good, deny it man yeah it's really good but i thought you know everybody does ranch and i've always been the kind that if everybody's doing something i want to do the opposite right that's why christianity is so good for me right now Everybody doesn't like it, and so it makes me double down on it. <laughs> but, you know, ranch is just so popular. Everybody, you know, people eat everything with ranch. They're like, oh, uh, can I, I have some ranch to dip my gummy worms in? I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody loves ranch. I remember when my youth minister, um, his big thing was dipping his pizza in ranch, and, and that was the first mm. time I'd ever seen anybody do that. It was 1998, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Did you think it was That's dis- a thing you can do. You thought it was disgusting, or did you like the oh, idea? Oh, no, it's very good. Yeah. But, I mean, talk about making a very bad food choice a worse food choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the times, though, man. Those were the you times, the when, 90s, man. Yeah, when CeCe's Pizza was invented. Yeah. You could go over there to the salad bar and get a big thing of ranch. Remember that time we were dating? I will never forget that guy at CeCe's. Oh, my gosh. Well, it, was, it was a couple. They was, both did it? It was an Abilene, right? It was an Abilene. Yeah. We went to a movie or something and went to CeCe's. And, or maybe we went to CeCe's before the movie because I remember it was daylight. I don't know why that matters. <laughs> but then I remember seeing, I'd never seen people pile pizza up like that. At the because I thought you I've know, never seen anything like it before or since then. <laughs> yeah. There were literally twenty pieces of pizza on their plate. Yeah, you know most up. most people will, you know, it's small plates at CC's. Most people will get three pieces and then maybe put another one or two on top. Well, they piled up. I mean, it was like eight inches over their plate a pile mm, of pizza. It was nuts. But you know what it probably was? They didn't want to get back up. You know, I like getting back up at CC's and seeing what's But even on the even buffet. if you get up over and over again, you still don't eat that much. Probably not. It was Probably crazy. Not. And they were they were snarfing it. 
And they didn't eat the crusts. You remember that? So oh, then they had an enormous pile of crusts. A big crust plate. Yeah. I, you know, I automatically lose respect for people who don't eat the crust. Yeah. It's wasteful. But, you know, a lot of people don't eat the crust now because it's it adds extra... Carbs? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But the crust is the best part. Yeah. It's like a breadstick. You know? Some crusts are better than others. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, I can see some instances where I would might not want a crust. But the crust, I think it's important to eat that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a maturation thing. Do you, do you eat the crust? <laughs> I don't even eat pizza now. <laughs> Best pizza. But, but I have, I have many times in my life not eaten the crust because I don't want the extra fat, you know, or carbs that come mm. from eating the crust. Okay, let me ask you a question. Best pizza ever. Where is it? It's that place in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Sir Pizza. Sir Pizza. Yeah. Sir Pizza in Nashville. Okay. So, that enormous rectangular pizzas mm-hmm. with that cracker crust. Cracker crust, square pizzas, rectangle oh, pizzas. Oh, my goodness. And that was, was like they so had a good. buffet. You can go down there. And I, that was my favorite pizza. And, and some, sometimes at CC's, they would make it called Sicilian or something. Yeah. And it was very similar to that cracker crust, but it was never the same as the Sir Pizza pizza. So, yeah. And Sir Pizza, it was kind of nasty in there. Mm-hmm. The best places are. But it was it, everything in there had been in there since the 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, going back in time. The neat thing about Sir Pizza is that you didn't have the dilemma of should I eat the crust or not. Right. Because there, no, there was no outer crust. It was just all mantle. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever you call that. What would you call it? All, is it called the Earth's mantle? The lava? I don't know like it, that anybody like who would who would use that term to describe whatever pizza is. Because that's the term, the Earth's crust, and then you have the mantle underneath it. I believe. I think that's true. But it's not underneath the crust. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at it like the crust is on the outside, if you were looking at a cutaway of the Earth, there's people that understand exactly what I'm talking about, even though you don't get it. But you don't eat the crust either. So. <laughs> I like the crust. You know, my favorite pizza growing up was Mazio's pizza. Mazio's. That was good. And there's one near us at Wichita Falls. Yeah, but it's not the same. No. It's not as good as it used to What's be. What's the cheesiest pizza ever? Cheesiest. The cheesiest pizza is at Lone Star Pizza in Olney. <laughs> it is when, cheesy. When Garland is not there, because apparently Garland, the one that own, the man that owns it, he's super, stingy with the super cheese. guy. But I think he holds back on the cheese a little bit. <laughs> when, you know, I think they may not make it. With you know, he's, he owns the business. He's yeah. watching the price. Cheese you, is expensive. Yeah, huh? and you can't just be throwing cheese like that all over a pizza. Can't throw cheese all willy but, nilly like that. Yeah, <laughs> but that was. Yeah, we're not gonna make any money off this pizza if you put a whole pound of cheese on it. Yeah, but they do, and it's good. Yeah. So it's, it a, it's a very good pizza. Uh, okay, that's and that's uh, that. We're down to two. Well, actually, there will there. You know, there. I've heard rumor. I've heard rumor that a pizza place is about to open in Olney. Yes. A brand new pizza place. Very exciting. And we went for a bike ride tonight. Did you enjoy it? 
Um, yes. You did not have fun on the bike ride, did you? I did. I, I thought it was a perfect summer night bike ride. I didn't have fun on the way back because the whole way back is uphill. Right. And I was pulling Emerald. But then whenever you mm-hmm. took her, because I pull Emerald in the trailer mm-hmm. behind my back. I mean, behind my bike. <laughs> <laughs> and behind my back. Yeah, it's behind your back. Um, and then you... Um, were such a gentleman and came and took over the pulling of the child. I rode a yellow girl bike all the way home. And then I had a much better time because I could, I could ride my bike really fast. Mm-hmm. How did you like the... I have a 1955 Columbia Five Star Superb Paperboy Special Bicycle. No, you don't. It's a replica. You always leave that word out. Well, it's a repro, <laughs> but it was made exactly the same way that it was... But they it's, did. It's, listen, it's an important detail. You can't leave that word yeah, out. After, yeah, okay. I, let me say it again. I have the 1985 reproduction of the 1955 <laughs> five, Columbia Five Star Superb Paperboy paper Special. See, I can't even say it. <laughs> but here's the deal. They, I'm just saying. You're, Columbia you're, made, I think they made 5,000 of these, something like that. And uh, in 1985, uh, to commemorate the, I guess it would have been the 30th anniversary of the bike and they made a limited number and i wound up getting this bike at a pawn shop for 90 dollars and it's been one of my favorite things i've ever owned but if you want to buy it i'll sell it (laughs) if you're willing to pay a lot of money for it but i'm not going to sell it just for you know Chump yeah. change. I mean, it's going to be... Not unless it can help our kids get braces. Yeah, I would sell it for <laughs> braces. And then go buy me a Huffy. <laughs> I remember I was, telling, I was telling Melissa tonight that when I was a kid, you know, Huffy was the bike that you had to ride if you couldn't afford to get a Diamondback or a Mongoose. Mm-hmm. And Santa got Sawyer a Mongoose this year. Yeah. So now it's down to, you know, Santa's making it. So... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Santa's making huffies. I mean, uh, you know, that was, uh, and I guess, I guess Santa used to make mongoose and uh, diamondbacks for certain neighborhoods. (laughs) I told the kids, I said, all the poor kids used to ride huffies, but now huffies are cool. They're making really neat cruisers and Yeah, I've got a huffy cruiser and it's really pretty. I don't know if kids are as bike conscious today because they don't they don't ride them. Like the very few kids ride them around because it's not safe. And then I don't think very many of them ride them to school. Well, but I think that around here they just ride whatever's available. They're not worried about the brand. Yeah, the brand was a big deal. I remember uh, Diamondback and Mongoose. That's what everybody wanted. And if you had a huffy, they would make fun of you. You know. I don't so. know what kind of bike that I had. I ha- I had the, this blue bike. That I rode a million miles on up and down the driveway mm-hmm. out in the country. Mm-hmm. And I took a, I had a little tape player. And I took my tape player and I duct taped it to the handlebars of my bike. Mm. And then I got all of my mom's awesome 80s tapes like Sheena Easton. Uh-huh. The Judds. The Judds, Alabama. <laughs> And I would ride up and down the driveway singing at the top of my lungs and to my you, little tape player. That's awesome. It was fun. Yeah. And your little blue bike. Yeah. That's great. So uh, where was I going with all that? We went for the bike ride. Oh, and, and as we were going for the bike ride, uh, we were downtown kind of cruising around. 
and I stopped and looked into the window of the new pizza place in their storefront, and there were booths in there, red booths and tables. Um, and then on the door, it was a little decal that said New York on it. Ooh. That's New York-style pizza. Nice. I wish it was Sir Pizza. Fancy. But, yeah, so New York pizza is coming to Olney. That's going to be awesome. So get ready. Get ready, Olney, for some pizza. And then there's another little restaurant that's opened up downtown. Um, sort of a sandwich shop, I understand, where Sweets used to be our ice cream store that is no longer an ice cream store. So it's a co- it says Coffee and Deli or Coffee and Market or something like that. Yeah. So... So, you know, it's big deals, big things going on here in Olney. Hey. We're getting all new flooring in the education space in the church. Which is going to make a huge difference. A huge difference. So Did you just say a huge yeah, difference? It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal. Have all, all nice um, luxury vinyl, kind of that laminate vinyl floor flooring. That's not laminate, is it? It's vinyl flooring. Yeah, but it looks like wood. It looks like wood, it's, and it's, it's very really, attractive. It's really nice. I love it. Yeah. So it's going to be huge. And it, it looks crazy right now. Um, we had to relocate a bunch of Sunday school rooms upstairs. And the, ki- the kids' area is completely torn up. We, we did some cleaning out in the library. We did some more today. Got rid of some old technology, old Dale... When our technology guy, you know how to dispose of computers? We could tell people something helpful here. How do you do it? I've always you, wondered. You take them to Best Buy and they dispose of them. Because the there's mercury and all these different things in the monitors. And, and so you just can't throw them in the garbage. So Mr. Dale's going to take them up and throw them away. Now we know. Or recycle them at Best Buy. Yeah. Huh. So, I don't know. Fascinating. You see, you learn something every day or every week or so when we do a podcast (laughs) so i spent the majority of my day waiting around for different kids things that were happening Mm -hmm. so i had to go to a neighboring town to take adelaide to dance class this morning and her dance class was over at 11 30 and then the kids had dentist appointments over there at two and so i had to wait through her whole dance class take the kids to get lunch, then wait for the dental appointment, then wait for two hours while they did three kids' teeth, which it just took a while. Yeah. You're a super mom, though. Well, thanks. You know. But I had major anxiety over them going to the dentist because you know how I feel about the dentist. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it. I just don't enjoy paying for it. Yeah. But I'm not enjoying it right now either. I have a temporary crown on my back left. Hey, let's not get into details. Just saying. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's a sil- It's like a silver tooth. I've never had one. I don't want to talk about... Um, Crowns? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a crown? Everything that has to do with mouths, it, it grosses me out. Do you have a crown? Do you have any crowns? You yeah, have some. I've got two. This is my first one that I've ever had. And, you know, so far, experience has been okay. It just is kind of sore. Yeah, the but, temporary. but I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, we're not talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So we've had dentists, we've had a dentist eat week. Um, so Melissa took the kids to the dentist, and when we found out that uh, Sawyer, our boy, is going to have to have a filling, possibly. 
Yeah. And he, you know, was today was he had enough today at the dentist, so he was gonna, we're going to have to go back. And you were really dreading him having to get the little the shot of whatever they put in there. Yes. So and I, so we were out there talking by the grill. So I went out there and I said, I'm I, I'm so. I just feel so sorry for Sawyer because he's going to get those shots and they hurt so bad and it's going to be awful. And then you said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, when you get a shot at the dentist, you you know, they kind of numb up the, they numb up, they put a cotton ball with something on it that kind of is a topical anesthesia. Yeah. Anas- is that the word? Yeah. And then, then they come back about three or four minutes later and give you the shots. You can feel the pressure, but you don't, you don't feel, feel the needle or the Novocaine going in. Yeah. But you do apparently. Yes. I, the, I feel all of the shots at the dentist. I feel everything about it. You feel the drill? I feel it. No, I mean the shots work, Okay, they work. but the numbing stuff that they put on does not work. It's painful. And I thought everybody, when they went to the dentist, has these really horrible, painful shots, but apparently not. So then I looked it up, and (laughs) apparently it's a redhead thing Mm. that redheads, that the topical anesthesia does not work on us because we're mutants. Yeah. (laughs) When it comes down to it, redheads are mutants. But I think they're really good-looking mutants. (laughs) So isn't that weird, though? And then it, there was all this other stuff, too. But no wonder I hate the dentist so much. Mm. And it says all over the Internet that redheads are notorious for hating the dentist and being afraid of going and everything. Mm. It's because it hurts mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah. That's crazy. But I think we've talked about that before, that y'all are much more sensitive to pain. Yeah, and temperature. And have you uh-huh. ever known anybody you're more all, sensitive to temperature? Cold. And Melissa, like, will stub her toe. <laughs> And just start crying. It hurts bad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like that's, maybe that's just me being a whip. I'm like, what's wrong? You're just putting a little paper towel up under your eye. Well. It just really hurts really bad. Because I just, I just, I kicked that, the corner of the couch really hard. And it really hurt. And <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a redhead thing. That might just be a wimp thing. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. I felt like crying when I sliced my thumb. Guitar players will understand. It's my left hand. So, um, you know, when I make a D with the F sharp in the bass, I fold my thumb over the... Yeah, it's going to be hard to do that. That's going to hurt. Yeah. But you know what else that the thing said about redheads? It said that... Um, we don't need as many painkillers, though. That's weird. We're more sensitive to painkillers than other people, so we need less. But yet you're more sensitive to pain? Apparently, Novocaine, yeah, you need weird? more. I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. I don't understand. I guess maybe once they, once the painkiller takes hold, it works. I guess. But before, before it's taken hold, it really hurts. I guess so. Yeah. You know, I just... One of my favorite things about you is your red hair. You know, it always has been. Well, you know, it's temporary, right? It's going away someday. Well, you know, just don't stress out. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember that. Well, that's not what you've always told me. What you've said is keeping this red hair is going to get real expensive for you. That is true. That's going to happen. Yeah. 
But you've seen that sometimes, right? You see some old ladies with red hair that had red hair, I guess. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's obviously dyed. But you know what? You, you remember Arlene in Texarkana? Mm-hmm. It was a pretty I, I always thought that her hair was dyed because mm-hmm. it was kind of strawberry blonde. Mm-hmm. But that was just her natural gray. That was how she grayed. Well, maybe you'll gray that way. I hope so. Yeah. Because it was really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, and she still had freckles, you know? She did. And so that made her look kind of just really youthful and happy yeah. with her what freckles. A fun lady. And she always had like such a, uh, in her eye, like a excitement. Yeah, twinkle. A twinkle. She had a true, t- <laughs> she lady had a twinkle in her eye. She did. Yeah, fun to, Erlene Wilcox. Husband Stretch. Used to stretch, you, stretch listens, I think. Yeah, So shout does. out to Stretch Wilcox. Stretch uh, and I went on many a senior adult trip in the big bus at our last church. Yeah. And I was kind of, you know, in charge or whatever. I don't know if I was leading it, but I was part of the senior adult ministry. And uh, Stretch would would ride up a shotgun with me. Yeah. And tell me all these awesome stories about the 50s in Texarkana when Elvis would come to town. And they'd just hang out with Elvis because Elvis and Elvis, one of Stretch's friends had a sister that Elvis liked. And so that's how that's how Stretch got to tag along and hang out with Elvis whenever he was in town and go over to the hotel after the show or whatever and they'd hang out by the swimming pool. So Stretch always had some really interesting stories and I would think that's so wild to me. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of that story I, I, I had a few podcasts ago about the guy that you, you know told us we were sitting there at a lunch or a, a, actually it was a ministry association kind of little meeting. And uh, Mac Tomlinson was there, and he said, yeah, you know, I used to go to Leonard Ravenhill's prayer meeting, and Keith Green would play the piano and lead worship. And I thought, how did you get to go to that? <laughs> you know, and you, you talk to Stretch. Yeah, well, Elvis was a nice, he was a nice guy. You know, a nice young man. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get to hang out with Elvis in 1953? Who gets to do that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And now, I just ri- now he's just riding in a bus with me telling me the story. We're trying to figure out how to park this thing at the Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, is most, exper- most experiences that, are, that wind up being extraordinary are really pretty ordinary when they're happening. The, that's a deep thought right there. Don't you think? That is deep. You think it's true? Yeah. I think it is. I think it is true. Like the things we look back on as being really neat, at the time, just seemed like it's just the thing we're doing right now. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's how. I, we I guess at the time, it all makes a little more sense to you as to how you got there. You, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. I've got some weird stories, like hanging out with famous people and being in a, you know, being in a room and something cr- crazy happening and observing it. And it doesn't, at the time, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. So you just, yeah. you know, you say, what are we going to eat? Where, y'all want to go to something to eat? You know, you, you, something happens that's life-changing, life-altering, a ministry moment, you know, um, comforting a family that's grieving. And then when you go back out to your car, you think, I'm out of gas. I, I need to go, I need to get a burrito at Allsup. So You know, you just, you just keep living. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. So one of your first thoughts after any event is, I need to go get a burrito. Sometimes that's, I'm starving. Yeah. 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 It really, but it's, it's, uh, it's just something to think about. You're, because you're, I would always want to go to my parents and say, 
So you remember the 60s. Like you were a teenager and a young person in, in the 60s, a young adult. Yeah. You remember it. You graduated high school, 67. So, and then, and then it turns out my mom was living in San Francisco in like 68, 69, and 70. Like she was there That's crazy. right after the summer of love or whatever, whenever that was. And you're like, well, what was it like to be in San Francisco in the late 60s? I mean, what, what a great time to be there. But my mom wasn't going down to hate Ashbury. Yeah. She was working for a temp agency typing. <laughs> you know, she missed it. She was like going to Herbie movies and stuff like that. <laughs> she wasn't going to see the birds play. <laughs> it was like, well, like, you know, they've got a new Herbie movie out. We should go on there. What was that guy? What was that dopey guy's name that was always in the Herbie movies? Was it? Was I don't I'm thinking. Remember. I'm thinking of the Flubber guy. Remember the Flubber guy, like of the Disney movies. No, I don't remember. <laughs> Fred something. I think I don't know. I can't, can't think of it. She was going to Herbie. She movies. was going to Herbie movies. <laughs> I don't know. I just think those were set in San Francisco. So that's what, I, what makes me think of it. Is Herbie from San Francisco? I don't know. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's funny. But, you know, they, they, re, they I remember we took a vacation in the 80s at some point, which that's another thing that blows my mind is that when I when you think about, okay, so you, you think we, say we went on the vacation in, I'm trying to think of a what year that would have been that they decided to go back to San Francisco. Uh, that might have been 80... And we went to Disney World as part of that. We went up through and went to the... Not 80. Yosemite. 80-something. 80, 80, <laughs> 80 I'm just trying to think. Maybe 80, 84, 85. Yeah. No, you know, I want to say 84. We went to the World's Fair in New Orleans. I think that's when that was. That was crazy. Or Nolans. <laughs> New Orleans. We went to New Orleans. <laughs> New was, Orleans. We went to New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans, New Orleans. We went to get the chickadee and chicory and the coffee in New Orleans. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> 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 went to Cafe du Monde and got some, got some of those little bananas and the chicory and the coffee. <laughs> Wonderful. So, I can't remember what year that would have been, but let's say, let's say it was 83. Okay? okay, let's do. Let's just say it was somewhere between 83 and 86. Let's just give a. a a range there. Okay. My mom can comment later and tell us when it was. So if it was 83, 84, 85, they had, they had been in San Francisco just 10 years before. That, does, that doesn't seem like that long ago now. But in my mind, when we were out there, it had been ages since they had lived there. Wait a minute. They, weren't, they were there 20 years before. No, no <laughs> they were there in like the 70s. Oh, I thought you said 60. Yeah, like this. Well, it's, I guess that's not true. I guess she was there in the 70s because she did go to college. And then she went out there for two years. So she must have been there not not in the late 60s, but in the early 70s. Okay. So maybe 72, 73, 74. Okay, got around it. That. So got it. it was just a 10-year, you know, t- but the hippies were still there. I mean, it was still, you know, the eagles yeah. and all that stuff was happening. Um it was like 10, it had only been 10 years before. So they were able to drive around and see things that, you know, they recognized. Yeah. It wasn't as though everything had changed. It was just 10 years later. Um, so 
I, I, my memory of that time was we went across the Golden Gate Bridge, and they were looking for a restaurant that used to race turtles. And they found it, but they weren't having turtle races. But they truly had turtle races at a restaurant. It was a thing. People would wager on it. They'd get drunk and bet aren't, on turtles. Aren't turtles, turtles you know, notorious for herring salmonella? <laughs> I don't know. Seems I mean, like a bad combo. I don't combo. think they were eating them. I think they were racing them. I know, but people yeah. were touching them in a restaurant. It seems yeah, weird. Yeah, probably had turtle handlers. <laughs> you know, like little turtle jockeys. <laughs> little frogs that rode them. <laughs> so the way you race a turtle, I think, is is you just put uh, all the turtles in a, in the middle of a circle. And the oh, first and one who gets, who out, gets of out of the circle, circle the fastest yeah. wins. So number them and let them, run, let them race. Interesting. So. Yeah, but it is strange to think that, you know, things were really not that. And you think, gosh, you know, we were having a grand time in the 80s. And it seemed in the 80s as though the 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 60s and even the 70s were so far, were so long ago. Mm-hmm. So, But that's a kid's mind because you haven't been around very long. So if you, when you're thinking in terms of a decade when you're only 12, that's like your whole life. You yeah. Know? You can't even remember 10 years. When you're 12, and your memory only goes back five or six years. Mm-hmm. So, in you know, in my mind, I can remember all this stuff that had. You know, I was born in the 70s. Can't remember any of it. You know, I'm just in a haze over the <laughs> <laughs> contact high or something. No. Um, so, but you think, what what are the kids when they when they when they'll start talking about how awesome the 90s were? No, it's the 80s. The 80s are awesome now. Yeah, that's what Adelaide thinks. The 80s are so awesome. But it happened, and probably in her mind, it was like, you know, the 20s to us. Well, I mean, she you know, she thinks that the 80s were ago. like what you see as a caricature of the 80s, you know? Yeah, like the, probably like the way the 50s were whenever we were in the 80s. Like the 50s seemed awesome. Yeah. You know, back to the future and all that. And everything seemed clean, which I think it actually was really clean. Everything was new. Yeah. It just won a war. You hear something? I keep thinking somebody's walking up. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Do you remember last night when you kept hearing sounds? Yeah. And then I got really tickled. Once I got tickled, I said, "What is that? What's that? What's that?" <laughs> and so I'm getting, I keep getting up, and you know, it turns out to be tissue paper rustling in the in the in the uh, the the breeze generated by the ceiling fan. Yeah. Um, something the windows creaking. I don't know. It's just so noisy. Yeah. And I don't think I don't hear those sounds when I'm not laying there. Yeah. With my eyes closed and then I'd feel paranoid. Do you remember that um scene in the Boggy Creek Monster? Why are you making me think of that? <laughs> Where the monster comes out in the street. Is there none like me? <laughs> none for me to love. If you haven't seen the Boggy Creek Monster, don't bother. <laughs> You really need to see no, it. You can you can watch it on YouTube, the whole thing for free. But my favorite scene, well, there are I don't two favorite scenes. Remember him coming scenes. to the street? I thought the one we scares the guy in the bathroom. Yeah, that's one of yeah. them. And the other one is there's these this couple and they're driving, and um, he runs across the road. Okay. And then one of them goes, "What was that?" <laughs> Just like that. What was that? That was a Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. So when we lived in Texarkana. And I'd already seen this movie years ago. I'd seen it in college as part of like Mystery Science Theater 2000 or something, yeah. something like that. It was a silly movie they would show on TBN late at night or TNN, TBN, TBS, TBS. <laughs> TBS. 
Everything on TBS is silly. No, everything on TBN is silly. You should not watch that. Yeah. I would say 90% of what you would see on TBN, I'm just telling you, don't watch it. Um, but they would, this funny guy, we, we would email him. We would email this host, and he would write us back. His name was like Billy Bob or something, and he would show <laughs> these silly movies. And one of the movies he showed one night was The Boggy Creek Monster. And uh, little did I know that just a few years later, we would be living up there near Falk, Arkansas, where the Boggy Creek Monster terrorizes people. Yeah, and and I have a really great picture of me um, kind of like, as I say, respectfully mocking the monster in Falk. Because there's all these murals of him oh, sure, and, sure. Yeah. and that that big cutout where you can put your put face your face in it yeah. and look up, you become the monster <laughs> and we tried to get adelaide to do it and she was terrified yeah she was why are we here she with, was four little bitty why are we here where there's a monster yeah. stuff like that doesn't make sense in a kid's brain yeah she, she probably has weird memories of that day yeah they brought me to this monster place and we ate at subway what was that all about <laughs> And remember Sawyer had an explosive diaper and we had to throw his clothes away and buy him new clothes at the dollar store. <laughs> Maybe he saw the monster. <laughs> An explosion. Oh. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's redeem the podcast by talking about something um, spiritual. <laughs> um, this week on the blog, uh, you had a, a, a really, I, th- I thought it got some good traction and feedback on let your kids in on your ministry. You want to expound on that? So I was just thinking about that idea because we had just gone to visit our, a church member in the hospital. And I was just thinking, even while we were standing there, I thought, how weird is this for these kids? You know, that they come to the hospital so much, you know, that they love walking across the sky bridge at the hospital, yeah. you know, to visit church members. And they go to the nursing home and they, you know. Color. They, yeah, and they do, do the crafts. crafts. Yeah, they look forward to the crafts of the nursing home. There are just a lot of, of I just think maybe we underestimate what God can do in little kids' hearts and minds whenever you put them in ministry situations. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we have a tendency to say, oh, we need to protect them from that. They don't need to be thinking about the fact that people get sick or that people die. Our kids have been in many, many funeral homes. Um, and I think maybe we we tend to want to shield them from that stuff. Or we don't want them to see that where some of their classmates live is a place that doesn't even have a doorknob on the front door, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just crazy situations that you find yourself in whenever you're ministering to people. And I just think that maybe we're too quick to say, well, we don't need to take kids into that because I feel like that it gives kids a really, a really important perspective Mm-hmm. about life and about their own situation. And I was talking to Adelaide about that blog post. And, you know, I had some ideas in the post that it it gives kids a good sense of perspective. It, it helps them to feel like they're a part of the body of Christ, see what it's like to serve people. Um, but I asked her, what do you think about the fact that, you know, you guys are in hospitals and nursing homes and funeral homes and that, you know, you're in on this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. when most kids aren't and she said i think that it helps me to understand people better Mm. 
And um, I do think maybe it gives them a little more sympathy, maybe, and a little more compassion for people whenever they realize how bad some people's situations are. You know, and maybe it helps them to see just because you see someone on the street and they're smiling doesn't mean that there's not something going on that you don't know about, you know, that you should be sensitive to. Mm-hmm. And they learn that not everybody lives just like they do uh, by, by going to visit and going into. I've taken Adelaide into some places where I think, she, you know, early on, I think it would have been a shocking thing. For a lot of people to walk into a house and see the way people are living because they just don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And they don't have resources. Um, they, they're not able to get up and move around. So, the you know, things get dirty and they have to be cleaned up by home health workers and all this. And you, know, you, you go into a place like that with a child and they can see, well, that's so different than the way we live. Mm-hmm. And then they go into, uh, we'll go into a house, you know, and that'll just be you know beautiful and well appointed and obviously you know a house of somebody that has more means than we do um and they'll think well that's awesome but they but they can have it all in perspective and they don't leave a place you know you wouldn't leave a a mansion and say well we're just we just must be poor because they really they've really seen the way (laughs) The way the really poor live. Yeah. And then I think that's maybe one of the things that's helpful about going even to a third world country. It, you know, you realize how relative things are. Right. That even the poor people in this country are living 20 times better than the, than the, 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 the well-off in third world countries as far as having medical care, access to nutrition, right. all those sorts of things. So it, it, there's... It's something about kind of just exposing your kids to reality. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, there's there's always going to be people that have a lot more than you. Life is not about just accumulating things. They, they've, and these people, just because they have more more than you, doesn't mean that they love this stuff more than they love the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's just that God's blessed them with this, They and, and they are givers, and they are providers, and, and one of the ways that we're able to do ministry is because there's people that God's blessed with an ability to make money. Yeah. You know? And so it's just all... I think it, and then when you go on to the kind of the, what would you say, like the empathy and sympathy side of things, like, like you're talking about funerals and hospital visits, to understand what's important. And we've even, I, you know, I think you've mentioned that in the blog, how I sat down with her and I said, um, hey, you remember how we were at the hospital tonight? It was just the same night, mm-hmm. you know, and something that she was worried about. I don't even remember what it was. Is that really an issue? Do we really have a problem here? I mean, don't it, aren't things great? And we can really get into a bad situation, even as believers, where we, um, I don't know, we can get, a, we can lose perspective so quickly mm-hmm. and think that the sky is falling. And yet we have our health, we have our family, we have a ministry, we have our relationship with the church. Yeah. You know, you name it. Everything. And one little thing that's really not that big of a deal can seem so enormous. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to sit there and say, hey, you remember when we did this and this? We, everything's fine. You yeah. Know? And, she, and she does respond well to that. The little ones, I'm not sure you could make that argument with them. But she's at a point where she can understand that. So don't be afraid, I guess, if you're a parent. Don't be afraid to have a conversation with your kid where you say, hey, don't you think you're you're – 
not understand you're not you're not acting in a way that comports with what reality is. Right. Don't protect them from and say, well, they're really upset about it though. And this just don't, this, this sort of thinking is nonsense. You can't think like this. This is not, this is not right. Yeah. Well, and I will say that I don't recall ever a time that you and I sat down and consciously said, okay, we're going to make our kids a part of this ministry and we're going to take them into these situations. It really was just a case of we, we take our kids everywhere Mm -hmm. that we go for the most part. We don't have a a babysitter. And, um, I just feel like that God has taught us a lot through that as he's teaching them, you know, and I think it's, it's opened up the doors for some conversations that we wouldn't have otherwise had. Right. Hand, hand Hand me one of those Bibles over there. I don't care what version it is. Oh, so she hands me a tiny print ESV. Let's see if I can read this. Don't tell me you're too old to read that little I, Bible. I don't know. It's this. I've never. I always used to kind of think that was pitiful when people would say, "I need, I need my glasses to read this." And now, I'm kind of getting to a point where small print looks really small. No, mm-hmm. not true. Can't be. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. 42. I know. Okay, so when you think about it, um, when you read the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, Lord our God, is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you will bind them as a sign on your hand, and they will be on your frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So what is he saying here? How are we going to teach these words to our children? How do we teach the truths of God's words to our children? You, you teach, what he's saying is you teach it to them everywhere. Right. You teach it to them all the time. Um, you know, what? what is your family devotion? I think it's great to sit down and do something like that, try to have a time. Um, s- tonight, instead of doing family devotion, we rode bikes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we're we not real disciplined, as disciplined as we pr- maybe could be in things like that. But that's not the way we generally, I think our pattern of teaching our kids has been more, it's just a constant, this is what we talk about. This is, we talk about it when we drive up to this place. We talk about it when we get up. We talk about it when we lay down. It's the, it's the lessons you're teaching the kids. And you don't say, okay, now it's time that we talk about spiritual things. Right. It's always the talk about spiritual things. In every situation when you have a chance to point the kids to the truth of God's word in any particular situation, whether it's how they're getting along with their friends or the, you know, and that I really am so proud of Adelaide that we were talking last night about youth group and things like that. And she said, I love my friends. I want them to go to heaven, you know, and that she truly does um, have a burden for those friends of hers that are in school that don't come to hear the gospel. And she wants to learn how to share the gospel with her friends. And 
and you know she knows the gospel but she wonder how do i how do i tell them how do i ask them i don't have time at lunch we don't have time to talk about these things but that's the way the way she desires is for her life to be used to share the gospel with her friends mm-hmm. so you know how do you how do you cultivate that you do it over their whole life right. you know in every in these little moments and and uh, it 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 you know i think of my own spiritual development it really hasn't been very scripted you know, it's just been, this has been what, how God's had his hand on my life. Right. So uh, it's not necessarily something you have to say, okay, well, we need to really make sure that we include them in this or that. Just in, just include them in the life of your ministry. And if, and, if, and if you say, well, I guess we need to make some, you know, changes so we can do that. Well, maybe you don't have a ministry. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not ministering to people. Maybe you're not serving in that way. Well, then start. I do think that that is... It can be an issue in our lives these days, you know, as parents, because everything is so busy. Mm-hmm. But don't discount opportunities that you have at t-ball games, you know, or at a football game or whatever you're doing at dance classes. There are people there to talk to, people there to mm-hmm. meet. And, um, you know, you never know what kind of connections that you can make with people or what kind of opportunities that you'll have to talk to your kids about spiritual things in those situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't be discouraged is what I would say to you as parents. Um, if you don't feel like that you're doing devotionals like you should, or if you don't feel like that you're, if you're not doing hospital visits, I mean, I don't think that a lot of people yeah, who aren't a, in the ministry are doing hospital that visits. That is a pretty minister Specific thing, specific but I would thing. say, but I would say, if you don't feel like that, you're very much outside of your family. You yeah. know, that look for opportunities where mm-hmm. your fa- where you as a family can minister in some way. Mm-hmm. If it's just taking food to someone, take your kids with you and and bring them to the door and let them hand over the muffins or whatever yeah. you're taking. Yeah. There are little ways that you can show kids how to serve and how to be part of the body of Christ. Bingo. Well, that's a good note to end on. Um, if, if, if you're done, I'm done. You're done. You, I'm done. You said, did you say your piece? I said my piece. Said, said your piece. What was that? What was that? Oh, you know, one more thing we should talk about. Are you sure we're at 46? I know. You did want to mention we just finished Bleak House. Bleak House. That was really good. I would love to have other people's record. We're now we're doing. Is it called Cranford? Yeah, Cranford. Cranford. Cranford's our new thing. So we're all about costume dramas. That is what we watch now. It's yeah. kind of our thing. But we're running out. On so Amazon if, uh, Prime. Cranford hopefully will last a long time. Now whenever we go to the list, like 35 costume dramas you must watch, we've seen them all. Yeah. But Bleak House, oh man. So good. It's one of the best things. It you should watch so it. Good. It's on Amazon Prime. Probably on Netflix, I don't know. But Amazon Prime, Bleak House, and our one of our favorite BBC actors that we keep seeing, you know, in these different roles. I don't even know his name, but uh, he. Do you remember what is what the the character that he plays? Mr. Smallweed. Mr. Smallweed. Yeah, Mr. Smallweed. And, and <laughs> hilarious. Every time he's in a scene, he says the same thing. Oh, me bones! Shake me up, Judy. And his granddaughter comes <laughs> and shakes him up. He's in a, kind of in a wheelchair. Shake me up, Judy. Yeah. Shake me up, Judy. So I've started saying that, and the kids have started saying it. So so if you know of a costume drama to watch that we haven't seen, hey, let us know. 
Yeah. Because we're really into them. But it needs to be free on Amazon Prime. It needs Video. to be free, <laughs> and it needs to be clean. Clean and free. <laughs> yeah. We all just want to be clean and free. You know? <laughs> Soap and liberty. Well, anyway, it's been great to pod with you as we've casted the pod. What is whatever? What is a pod? What does that mean? Anyway? That is weird. Where did that oh, term come from? Oh, because of iPods. Is that where it came yeah, from? Yeah, I'm sure it was. It was a like podcast? a podcast, like something you would listen to on your iPod. That's got to be what it was from. You the think? podcast. Yeah. It's weird how yeah, that Yeah, because otherwise, old. that's really a weird term. Yeah. We've cast the pod. Yeah. <laughs> We've cast this to your pod. Listen to it on your pod. That sounds like something you would say on a costume Shake drama. Shake me up, Jody. <laughs> We've cast the pod. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.